Kyle. And I'm Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So it is the month of December 2022, and it is our Satanic Santa's Month. Uh, All December long, Kyle and I will be reviewing uh, films featuring killer Santa Clauses. Uh, Perhaps plural, we haven't exactly gotten there yet, but... Uh, we kicked things off with a review of Santa's Sleigh, and then we transitioned into Fat Man uh, from 2020, um, and it just so happens we're continuing to move down the timeline up into a contemporary release in the form of a brand new Shutter exclusive titled Christmas Bloody Christmas, directed by Joe Begos, or Joe Begos, not entirely sure on the pronunciation there, but uh, Kyle, you we just kind of happened upon this one right like we were googling killer santa movies and you just this one just popped up on your search results or something yeah it just popped up and it had kind of a a fun looking trailer and a dumb enough idea behind it it's a robot killer santa i'm like and it's on shutter i'm like well this is perfect this is what we're looking for something stupid and fun uh but it should have been a real red flag for us when uh jeff daniel phillips is the biggest name in the film yeah, uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips, a.k.a. Herman Munster, a.k.a. regular of Rob Zombie's cast members. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is absolutely the most recognizable face in this cast, at least th- that I'm aware of anyway. I tried my best to look into some of these people's filmographies, and I didn't. I was struggling to find people that I recognized for whatever reason. Yeah, actually the biggest name for me is actually the guy who plays Santa. His name is Abraham Ben-Ruby, I think is this how you say his last name. Uh, you may recognize him as one of the heavies from George of the Jungle. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, he was the big, the big guy. Kyle, I have seen george of the jungle i mean i know i know we all love brendan fraser our entire generation loves brendan fraser and is mm-hmm. eagerly awaiting his you know oscar uh nomination and win this year uh but i have seen george of the jungle maybe once if not only half a time and it was probably screened in a classroom when we had a substitute at school <laughs> all right you stuck up bitch uh i've seen it like <laughs> fucking 20 times so i recognize him from george of the jungle i have seen dudley do right more than i've seen george of the jungle okay <laughs> i wouldn't have told people that uh uh he's also one of the one of the he's one of jonas's workers in twister and he's also in without a paddle he has a much a bigger role in without a paddle Oh, so he's in it for the money, not the science. Yeah, he's in it for the money, not the science. No wonder he's a bad guy in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, dude, I'm really sorry about this one. Uh, (laughs) I think this is... Is this better than that shitty one that I don't even remember the name of that I made you watch where we're just like, man, this is bad. Yeah, so folks, if you haven't been ke- like catching up on catching up on cinema uh, for any length of time, uh, you won't be aware of this. But uh, Kyle has this thing where his his curiosity gets mm-hmm. the better of him sometimes. Where <laughs> <laughs> you know the the kind of the thesis behind catching up on cinema is that it's it's a very good excuse to get us to pull the trigger on watching movies that you know maybe floated across our radar at some point, and we just put it on the back burner forever 
So there's a lot of those kinds of movies that end up being Kyle picks, where it's just like, you know, I caught some buzz about this, or, oh, I saw a trailer eight years ago, and I think I'd like to try that. And mm-hmm. then we watch it, and it's just kind of like, well, that kind of sucked, but, you know, we we all get to move on to next week when we inevitably review something else that probably sucks. But, yeah, uh, I guess you'd call this a Kyle pick, but no, I'm I'm equally culpable for this one because I, I didn't even bother doing any research. I think you actually watched a trailer. I didn't mm-hmm. do that. I just looked at the poster, saw that it was on Shudder, saw that it fit our theme for the month and said fuck it whatever man well see (laughs) there's a there's a reason why i don't have a shutter subscription anymore is because this bait and switch shit that they pull on you it's like oh yeah you like you like campy schlocky shitty storyline with like some fun kills in it yeah we we've got that just watch this trailer that's what this trailer's telling you that's what this is uh no they they we've been trick fucked uh, this is this, this is this is a trick fucking that they did to us. Uh, yeah, this movie is pretty bad. And th- let's just let's start at the top. Let's just think of some of the uh, the homages that they pay to other better films in this. Um, I counted Terminator. Uh, did you catch the music? The Terminator. The Terminator noise. I mean the. Ooh. This movie is filled with a lot of noise, Kyle. Um, I'm not entirely... I, I think the movement sounds of the Santa are somewhat evocative of the Terminator. Maybe even a little bit like Ed 209 or something. There, I swear to God, when he turns on for the first time, I hear the clang clang, clang clang. Just like, you can barely hear it in the background, but I'm like, I, it's there. I can hear it. Okay, yeah, I believe you. I, I can't recall, but... Um, I mean, it's the very director, faint. It's 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 very hidden. It's just it's just it's like multiple tracks like on top of each other, and it's just it's just barely there. But I'm like, I heard it. Uh, they definitely definitely uh, touched on your beloved RoboCop quite a bit. Yeah, they did uh, from minute one. In fact, yes, from frame exactly. one. In fact, <laughs> um, yes, they most certainly do a RoboCop reference in here. Uh, you're absolutely right about the Terminator. Um, like basically the whole the whole movie is just the Terminator essentially. At least in terms of, it's like a stripped down Terminator where you take all the, all that intellectual, all that creative, <laughs> all shit, that stuff, all that's all that stuff. You know, creativity, story, character. If you take all that out of it, it's basically Terminator. <laughs> yeah, this is Terminator if it was written by James Cameron's ass sweat because that's all that. Yeah, that's all he can muster. Uh, dude, this is like all the bad things about a Rob Zombie movie just just pulled out and then just tied into a bow, right there into a little movie. Actually, keep that in mind as as we head into this potentially very short conversation yes. <laughs> because I I do have questions like in, in regards to the the choices made in the filmmaking for this because it it's very strange. And I, I unfortunately don't have any background with this fella, Joe Begos. Um, I'm aware of a couple of his other films. Uh, VFW has actually been on my to-do list for a while. I don't know if it's good. I don't think it's good. Um, largely based on you know this? my impression of this film. <laughs> but that one did catch my eye. But a lot of that honestly just came down to the cast, where it's like William Sadler and, and Martin Cove and a bunch of... A bunch of other uh, 80s heavy types uh very attractive on that level but and also from an aesthetic standpoint it seems like he has a style uh 
for sure. Um, and that's probably going to be where most of my positive thoughts and positive notes go towards uh, in regards to this film. But Kyle, do you have a plot summary for this one, or do you want to just try to pull it directly out of your ass? I was going to use the IMDb one, and it's actually much better than what I was going to say. Go for uh, it. It's Christmas Eve, and Tori just wants to get drunk and party, but when a robotic Santa Claus at a nearby toy store goes haywire and begins a rampant killing spree through her, through her small town, she's forced into a battle for survival. Um, that's a much better description. You, you, can, you can feel a movie in that plot description. There's a movie behind that. That's not what we get. Yeah, it, actually, this, this movie is dirt simple, um, and shockingly overlong despite probably being 87 minutes long um you could easily easily cut 20 minutes if like 15 20 minutes of this movie is is just overlong shots where it's just like why are we lingering on this or like why does this reaction have to be this long or do we really need this many redundant beats and like i understand we're doing a terminator homage so having him get up constantly is kind of the you know takes a lick and keeps on ticking that's kind of the the deal but how many fucking times we got to do it when there's so much little else this movie has to offer i really have like the more the older i get and the more movies i see like this the more respect i have for kevin smith and quentin tarantino just their ability to write dialogue like it then the different types like compelling dialogue scenes and funny dialogue like kevin smith was very good at that especially in the 90s but i'm Quentin Tarantino is just good at having scenes where it's just two people talking and you're just enthralled. This is like the 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 conversations in this movie are it's most of the movie honestly. Like I'd say the first 40 minutes is just bick the bicker the bickering Trevor, the fucking bickering. So Kyle, how do you want to approach this one? Do you want to go front <laughs> do you want to go front to back or do you just want to talk? Yeah. Well, we, we let's go front to back because it, it it'll just give us a little bit of form because basically there's three parts to this. Four. First part is the cool commercials at the beginning. That's the best <laughs> part of the movie. Second, the second part of this movie is the thirty minutes of bickering. Third part of it is when robot Santa is quote unquote killing, and then the fourth is just whatever the end is. Yeah, I. I, I... I guess that's a way to break it down. Like, honestly, to me, it was, like, two halves for me. Where it's yeah. just, like, there's the first half where we were just hanging out with two people that I don't particularly like. Uh, and then the second half is just constant murder. But not as constant as you would expect. <laughs> I, I'm not saying we should go front to back. Like, we need to go scene by scene and actually break this thing down. But just, like... Like kind of like filming a movie. Like we're just going to shoot this in sequence for some reason, but we're not. This <laughs> is kind of how we're doing it because it'll just because it's very top heavy. All the interesting stuff just happens kind of near the beginning, and then the rest of it sucks. That's the, all the good kills, all of it. I think from a structural standpoint, the idea on paper, and this is me just guessing, and there's going to be a lot of that because I do have a lot of questions. Like my my guess is that on paper, the idea was that you're supposed to spend time with these two central characters for the first half of the movie getting to know them liking them which they failed on like at least for me like maybe mm-hmm. there's people out there who like these people but no and and then the second half is purely just like visceral energy and action reaction which i i get that i can get behind that there there is like a 
a logic to that progression but in this case it's just like you know do some of it do it better <laughs> like like that's that's my main objection be better I, yeah yeah i see what you're trying to do just do it better <laughs> just be better uh yeah these commercials at the top so this is what immediately reminded me of robocop which is what you were talking about from frame one it's it's robocop uh the first one is i think it's a family drinking booze which i thought was pretty funny i got a good kick out of that yeah it's a malt liquor commercial for for the kids for the the kids it's pretty funny it's like for all the kids uh there's another like it's like raunchy christmas uh like raunchy christmas commercials or something like that it's kind of like the cable guy with the uh the trial going on mm. like the parallel plot where it's it's killed on christmas the lester lawrence story and it's like a dude in a santa costume i, th- I think getting in bed with some lady before they cut um then there's like a, a christmas concert with with a dj in a santa costume uh there's a christmas themed pot commercial uh some christmas cream pies commercial like like it's all christmas all day long and i will get i will give this film that much um it really does milk the the christmas iconography and aesthetic like to the to the nth degree like this this movie from a visual standpoint really does deliver on just like painting every frame with christmas bullshit which i i'm starting to understand is actually like important like there's there's an audience that like that's what they want when they put on a quote christmas movie or christmas themed movie is to just see fucking tinsel coming out of their screen directly fed into their eyeballs um but the last part of it i believe is where we get the uh sol robot technology commercial for the robo santa plus yeah uh, which is a animatronic santa that is displayed at the midland mall which i feel is a reference to some other horror property perhaps not positive but midland mall is you know pretty pretty familiar name um, and then also at the toy store, T.W. Bonkers is where this robot is held on display. Um, it's actually funny you mentioned references, Kyle, because immediately when I when this sequence played out, I didn't even read the fucking plot description, Kyle. Mm. As soon as this happened, I was like, oh, small soldiers. Like, oh. <laughs> it's small soldiers. No, because, like, that that's that's what this is. It's like a military technology-designed animatronic Santa that goes on the fritz and starts murdering people so i was like oh shit they're doing some small soldier shit so yeah that's the best part of the movie um but <laughs> so i guess i should just i'll just real quick at the top i'm gonna say the cast but i really don't want to but i will just for hey shout out uh riley riley dandy never heard of her plays tori tombs sam delick never heard of him plays robbie jonah ray plays jay he'll die dora madison plays lana she dies Jeff Daniel Phillips, he's the sheriff, and then Abraham Ben Ruby is the Santa, and that's pretty much everybody that matters. Um, yeah, dude. So this let's, let's talk about this 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 do du- our duo that we get to deal with here. Um, Tori works at I guess she works and owns this record store, uh, and Robbie is a dude that works for her, and they have a bit of a a neo sam and diane kind of relationship where there's just the bickering back and forth there's clear sexual energy between the two of them but for some reason they haven't acted on it yet and at first i was like oh this feels like 
two people that work with each other that like each other. There's decent chemistry, but the they just bicker and argue about music and pop culture nonsense the whole time. It is fucking twenty to twenty five minutes straight of just that with between these two, and it's it gets really annoying really quick. Yeah, and they're getting progressively sloppier and yes. more drunk, so it gets even more obnoxious. Um, okay, so immediately I have a question here. Um, Let's do it. <clears throat> you, you mentioned writing <laughs> mm-hmm. and how hard it is. You know a way to get around that problem, Kyle? Hmm. Just don't do it. Yeah. Just don't write. <laughs> just get actors. Or get better. Like, yeah. <laughs> or, or again, just do better. <laughs> but yeah. a way to get around that problem is to get actors who can improvise, mm. who can work from a prompt or work from a subject and then oh. just just stretch, just go. See, I can tell you right now from the references between these people, this was well thought. Like, this was thought out. These were arguments made and written down on a piece of paper, and these people were supposed to read them. Oh my god, these are the ramblings of a madman, though. Yes. Because th- th- this is some Seth MacFarlane shit, where he's talking about shit to himself, arguing points against himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, I hope that's not true, Kyle. I hope, I okay. hope this was largely improv but you no. might be right like like i i'm sure if i pull up the script for this it's going to be like every little inflection exactly as it is in the final film is on the page <laughs> josh brolin has a funny uh funny story about working with the coen brothers on no country for old men uh he was on i think it was hot ones and he was talking about like when he finds the money he's like he should make a noise and one of the coen brothers is like oh what, what what noise and he's just like like a huh he's like Try another one. And he just sits there and he does these like, huh, hmm, okay, yeah, how about that? So uh, he didn't know that he was fucking with them. Like, he was just like, go with it. And he's like, I knew he was fucking with me because every time that we would screen that movie, one person would laugh their ass off when I made that noise. And it was Ethan or Joel Cullen <laughs> whenever he did that. <laughs> that was, it was just him, you know, because their scripts are so tight, everything is written specifically as is. No, dude, this is this person is like a Cullen brother. Like, no, 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 I've got dialogue that needs to be written a certain way. Because we well, get reference. Uh, go for it. I, I, that just blows my mind because like one one aspect of this movie that I, I again I have questions about it, it's really interesting the choice that was made because the dialogue while the content and the tone especially is very obnoxious because like this these two like there's a certain person that, that likes to have a partner that just, just constantly flicks them in the nuts just like like I I don't I don't mind that every once in a while I can handle a good ribbing but I I don't it's not something that I exactly need in a partner is 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 a gal that just like verbally slaps my nuts every chance she gets like but there's a certain person out there that that is exactly what they want they want well, somebody somebody who can do that all day long <laughs> well these are punk rockers dude and they are stereotypically combative like this is just yes. this is how they live this is what they're supposed to be these two are obnoxious um yeah so they're arguing they there's a few things that they argue they're arguing about who which band had the best um christmas song or christmas album and the, i don't even know what type of music these two listen to yeah they own a record store but it's just like are you guys talking about punk? Because they definitely bring up the Ramones. They bring up Motorhead. Um, one guy even says, feel good hit of the winter, which I'm sure there's a 
there's something other than the Queens of the Stone Age song, good, um, good feel good hit of the summer, which is a song by them. That's what made me think of it. I'm sure that's referencing something else as well, but it also felt because these are music nerds, something um, like it was playing off of Queens of the Stone Age. But yeah, they're just bickering back and forth about this. Homegirl says. Oh, you've no Blair Witch Two is the better one. Blair Witch, um, we're gonna queue it up. We're gonna watch Blair Witch Two. I'm like, okay, this person has no idea what they're talking about now. <laughs> they're yeah, just talking so, crazy. So what Kyle's talking about happens roughly 30, 40 minutes into the film, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but uh, one point about the dialogue that I, I wanted to mention is that, again, just curious why it was. Perhaps this decision was made because it was deemed like more organic i guess they do some like richard linklater shit where they're talking over each other constantly like there's overlapping dialogue very very frequently throughout the like any dialogue scene in the movie and that's like part of what made me think like is there some improv going on here or something and i to to the film's credit i'm I'm not going to destroy this film like outright like i i I will compliment the actors on their ability to handle the dialogue. Like it never, it very seldom rings false. Like mm, it does seem it's sincerely performed. They do embody the characters. What's being said and the tone in which it's being said is utterly obnoxious. But for what it's worth, you know, the, there's clearly an idea at work, and everybody's adhering to it and playing their parts. Um, so I, I can't say that I could like point to anyone in the cast and say that they did a shit job because they absolutely didn't. Um, I, I do think they had a pretty good grasp of their characters and, and the dialogue is funky as a lot of it is. But I was going to say, I was kind of disappointed in how this played out between the two of them because we definitely, the way she is, like she's the cool, good-looking punk rocker that all the gross little punk rock dudes want to get with. And he's kind of like that overprotective uh, friend zoned guy like he kind of gives off that like she's talking about like oh I'm gonna hang out with this guy tonight like who is it and he looks at him he's like oh I know this guy he's got like four or five kids and he's a fucking cheese ball on guitar like he really sucks but he keeps talking shit about him the whole time like he's jealous I'm like oh so it's that kind of relationship but no it actually is it actually works in his in his favor he bashes this guy enough that he ends up getting to hook up with her I'm like huh that's usually not how this works in these types of movies yeah it, it's interesting because like for a long time that ends up being kind of vexing kind of irritating but i think the idea was that like they're kind of leaning into the terminator kind of thing where it's like you know the the minute that they they actually come together and have that intimate moment together is is when it's all yanked away um so like there is there's some ideas at work there but the bonding process is not exactly the most fun to watch um but in regards to like their their musical tastes like parts of this movie were making me feel kind of old honestly <laughs> because i don't know like like there's there's a certain aesthetic and there's a certain sound that i'm starting to have an aversion to that it, i can't exactly explain it. it's just something in my bones recognizes it and even though like on some level i think it's just like objectively compelling to look at and listen to because it's so ubiquitous these days, it's actually like starting to irritate me. And what I'm talking about is like the ultra neon lighting everywhere and the thrumming synths, mm-hmm. like the thrumming synth wave music played amidst a cast that have punk rock or hardcore vibes. 
mm-hmm. and it's it's this weird thing where it's like, hang on, you, I I don't think they play that in that store, but like the soundtrack is blurring that. Like there there's a disconnect here, where it's like we're we're doing the thing that like the synthwave shit that's really really hot right now, and also leaning into the aesthetics associated with that sound, but. I don't, I don't know. It, it makes me feel old in that, like, I feel like like the the younger, more internet-oriented approach to music these days is just, like, you don't have as strong allegiances to, like, a single brand or a single aesthetic anymore. It's just, like, Thunderdome. Just, like, whatever, whatever works for you. Like, like, you don't have to exclusively be a punk rock person. You don't exclusively have to be a hardcore person. You don't exclusively have to be a synthwave person. Yeah, but the way this record store is set up and the way these characters are, it's like they're listening. They're, she's not even listening to post Danzig misfits. Like they are, she, they're true misfits fans. We're never going to listen to anything after he left, man. But, but the music that they put on in her in her in her house is like kind of butt rock. I'm like, what? I don't even understand what they listen to. It's it's really strange. And it has almost like a psychedelic vibe at one point. Even with it, like the music I listen to, like there are bands like High on Fire is a strange one. Like you get into some of these like hard rock punk kind of hybrids, like these different these runoffs that have big fan like have fan bases, and you go into like I've talked to people that almost exclusively work for like uh, like would work in a music store or like uh, or your CD exchange kind of place. Uh, um, whatever you call the one up on Capitol Hill, but those are the people that listen to those offshoots of like, what the fuck is what what is this style of music? Oh, it's like acid rock psychedelic with like a touch of like punk rock, and you're like, it's it just it's two guitarists, right? Yeah, okay, it, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I get what uh, you're well, saying. Ryan and I ran into one of those guys just yesterday. There you go. <laughs> I accept it was in reference to synthwave music. Uh, he gotcha. had a lot to say. And I had no ability to listen. <laughs> I was just like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. But clearly, you're a little bit high and real excited about it. <laughs> speaking of bands, Kyle, uh, let's yeah. take a pit stop real quick. I'm going to throw some bands at you just okay. just to see if you actually know any of these. Because, folks, between the two of us, Kyle is, I guess, the more musically well-versed than myself in that he plays instruments and he knows bands. Um, I generally do not. Um, although I did recognize DJ Jazzy Jeff uh, playing at the store the other day, <laughs> I was proud of myself because because my buddy Orion he had to he had to Shazam that shit, and I was like, "Dude, that is DJ Jazzy Jeff! How dare you not recognize that?" <laughs> I wouldn't tell people that, uh, but go ahead. <laughs> ah, man, I gotta get a third one, <laughs> two on one episode. Yeah. Fuck. Okay, so uh, our opening title track is bloody christmas performed by death crux is this Mm -hmm. a name known to you okay well they i uh wrote them down in my notes as sounding like lame the lame cure uh it or at least they sounded like the south park interpretation of the cure (laughs) (laughs) deepest sun uh Mm -hmm. written and performed by thou no lullaby performed by blackwater holy light no ghost key performed Dude, by isis i can just tell you right now these are all bands that play at el corazon that i don't go see <laughs> <laughs> these are look i'm just, not done yet kyle keep going you're, you're you're stuck in here with me you're you're gonna deal with this shit 
Keep going. Screamer by Mental Architects. Nope. Brain Slash Freeze by Persecutor, misspelled. Nope. Uh, Uluru Rock, performed by Earthless. No. Electric Ground by Spelljammer. Nope. They played some D&D. Silent (laughs) Night by Junior Juggernaut. Nope. Not one, folks. Uh, No. So, I have to assume, yes, these are perhaps lesser known bands, or perhaps bands that are uh, known to and or important to the director, slash writer, slash potentially producer. Um, But yeah, uh, Kyle generally knows stuff about bands and stuff, and he doesn't know one of them. Um, I will I, I will say that like while I didn't care much for like the soundtrack, uh, the score on a technical level is well designed. Like it is, it is very much going for the kind of that dreamy synthwave stuff with with some like aggressive intrusions, very similar to John Carpenter's more recent Halloween offerings. And on a technical level, like I said, this this irritates me to no end, Kyle. Is that there's there's certain types of music that on a technical level, if done correctly, are just like mathematically proven to be quote good, and that's what this is. It's like I can't say it's bad because my blood and my bones tell me, and my my toe tapping tells me, you know that ain't bad. <laughs> but beyond that, I have nothing to say about its character. <laughs> uh, just to sh- just to give you an example of all the things you just said. Here are the bands. Here are the bands playing over the next couple of months in uh, at El Corazon: Void Dancer, Blighted Eye, and Pathos. Not when Pine- I'm drinking, motherfucker. Jesus. <laughs> Pine Box, uh, Pastel Faces, uh, Collided. I can't even say that one. Uh, <laughs> a couple more. Acid Teeth, R.I.P. Year of the Cobra, Zeke, Dwarves, Pike versus the Automatron. Automaton. <laughs> so all those things you just said, I'm like all those bands you just said, are definitely playing at El Corazon at some point. You are not kidding. Like, like yeah. they have like just based on the names, very similar vibes, very similar vibes. And the people that show up to those shows are the people that are in this movie. So uh, <laughs> th- th- those are the that's what they look like. Ha, God, God, this this movie has me asking so many fucking questions about subcultures I don't understand or have any insight into because I want to know who is this for. So who this, is this for, Kyle? <laughs> I, I had a note because the way they were talking, I'm like, this is dialogue for music nerds in the '90s. Yes, like it feels grossly out of date. We're talking, we're talking about older punk bands like like we're talking about like the ramones and motorhead and stuff like we're not talking about stuff that the actual score for the film is referencing uh yeah i said like is this written by jay from jay and silent Bob? was this like a script that jason muse wrote and kevin smith's like nah i'm not gonna use any of that and just threw it out and then someone's like hey look at this we'll just turn this into a movie um yeah but i do appreciate how the shittiness of the job that they work because it's a record store in wherever the fuck he's got this shitty ass car that's like it the the driver's side door doesn't even open up he's like yeah you're not gonna be able to get in there there's shit all on the floor i'm like this makes sense and he even says like i make minimum wage what am i supposed to do okay so they've been talking for about 20 minutes that's been the majority of the movie so far and then we meet her friend the only reason i want to talk about her friend that works at the store down the road is because 
we get some anal lingus in this movie, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, but let's talk about the Santa uh, because it it why does the Santa even tur- go sentient? It just kind of turns on, and we get some RoboCop vision. They explain it. They actually do it like from a a screenwriting standpoint. They cover their bases pretty well. In fact, I I didn't uh, catch it. It's it's not stated explicitly by anybody in the cast but those news reports allude to it um so the opening sequence with the commercials concludes with a news report about malfunctioning santa robots who mm. happen to have been designed by a, like a military contractor oh, or something. okay and then when they're in the bar uh just the two of them are leading our breeding pair um who have no intention of breeding i have to assume uh, <laughs> they don't strike me as the type. Um, there's a news report that the camera just like fixates on for several seconds where it's a oh. news anchor talking about, yeah, there was another rampage involving a Santa robot at this mall. Okay, so here's the issue that I had. I was watching this while I was getting the car service, so I'm sitting in the you know the room where everybody sits while they wait for their car to get serviced. There's, you know... We have this, the the butt-eating part. So I was like, oh, like trying to like cover the, <laughs> the computer. I'm like, um. like oh. and, then we, and then we have Santa killing one family while, uh, what's his face, Robbie's going down on Tori. It's like we're going back and forth. I'm like, could you, could there be a worse thing for me to be watching <laughs> in, in this Subaru was, dealership? Was there a kid in the room? <laughs> no, there was, but she was so small that she could, I was sitting at one of the tall tables. She wouldn't have been able to see it. Um yeah. But damn, I'm like, Robot Santa could have been third in the in the human centipede there uh, if he played his cards right. But no, he had to kill this guy. Now let's talk about the kills, Trevor, because the most disappointing thing in this movie is that. I don't know if I mentioned this at the top or if I mentioned this before, but you started, or I said this before we started recording. But all I was expecting from this movie was a stupid story and good kills. And we get almost no good kills. I think there's I think it's zero for me honestly. They're they're oddly framed. Like they're they're oddly shot and edited. Yes. Um, I I th- I think there were maybe one and a half good ones honestly. The, the axe in the eye. I think that was the only one that we could see that was like okay, that's fine. Yeah, but that one has a really shitty animatronic. Like like I'm not trying to shit on the person who designed that, but the way that was shot, the way mm-hmm. that was edited, they held on it too long, and the like the jaw motion on the like the animatronic <laughs> head just just wasn't convincing. And she was like, if you're gonna have a puppet, you but you gotta make it wet, you know, yeah. it gives it life. Yeah, but she Wonder. was she was too dry. She was too dry. She looked rubbery. I um, I think the best one for me was when uh, was when our our leading dude gets it. Spoilers. Um, the the angle in which the axe hits him in the face is actually unique and the suddenness of it i i thought was like a, handled pretty well, well and like we, the musical accompaniment with it it's like it wasn't super gory or anything but it you you could clearly make out what happened and it was rendered well like there's like a head explosion at one point in the movie that while it's a head explosion and that's always a good thing Again, the the head was a little too rubbery. It didn't have that that quite. It didn't have the squish factor that we're all looking for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we get a couple of bone tomahawks, but we but we don't get to see it. It's just like you know it's a bone tomahawk, but we don't get to really see it. Well, yeah. Our first kill um, is um, 
uh, post analingus, I think, or or, or mid. Uh, no, I no, think... it's post. It's post because yeah. he's 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 about to finish. Yeah, um, and he's being chastised for almost finishing. Yeah, uh, and then uh, we get a POV shot of our Robo Santa uh, dropping an axe straight down the center line of the back of a dude's head all the way through his midsection mm-hmm. and it's ex- it's exactly what i i just stated he we get to see a dude split down the middle like bisected straight down the middle but it's just not done right like he just kind of like opens and there's no splash like and there's no guts like in bone tomahawk it's just kind of <laughs> he just opens up and it's like oh cut done yeah. it, it's just not wet enough man it's got. It got to be. <laughs> got to have some moisture here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So let's jump back real quick and let's talk about Sheriff uh, Jeff DP, Jeff Dan- Daniel Phillips, because um, this also segues into. Oh, put a pin in the editing because I do want to talk to you about that. Like the okay. way some of this is edited, um, the drinking that takes place in this movie. These two should be dead. Our breeding pair. The way the amount of their drinking is insane it's a lot of a lot of booze that they're drinking but the sheriff comes in it just kind of gets quiet and there's three people in this bar so this sheriff just kind of walks in and there seems to be like a history between the three of them or something it's unclear he doesn't like the dude for some reason okay Uh, but it's never explained but he just he's suspicious of him for some reason okay uh (laughs) This this sheriff who is on duty has three, <laughs> has three shots of liquor in a five minute time frame. Not even like in the movie, like 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 the finished product. I'm talking about in the story. Like he's had three shots in about five minutes, and then he drives back to the station. Yep, and he yep. buys them around as well. But yeah, I, I've I've been around groups and people that that had this attitude about like certain holidays or certain events and stuff and it, it like as a person who you know is stone cold sober it's, it's always slightly alarming especially when it's like small people that that have a habit of not eating or or taking in any fluids other than alcohol sometimes and i don't know it, it was just like very strange watching these two just like throw throw back drinks and like her being very adamant about that's all she wants to do tonight they have the energy of like twenty-two year olds. That's that, yeah. that's who that, that's what they're acting like. It's they're just like bouncing off the walls, energetic, just want to go get drunk. But I'm like, these motherfuckers are thirty. Like, they're thirty-year-old people that work that live in like a small town. It's like the 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 way they should be drinking is much different. It's very like, I don't know, man. I just you know, I'm not making a lot of money from the store. You know, I just think you know, I might have to just go work for the factory. I might have to shut it down. The drinking is much sadder for what these characters should be doing. I was about to say, yeah, their energy level is a little suspect. Um, I, this this gal strikes me as the Elaine Bennis type. That if she put, has a few too many in, in her, she's going to give you a double-palmed shove to the chest whenever she gets too excited. I was gonna say, you, <laughs> you can go find anybody who works at a used, like, uh, what's the one on the Ave you go to that we've been to a few times? Uh, Owls. Owls. Go to Owls on the Ave. Or go to that one in Capitol Hill right on Broadway. Wait for them to get off work on like a Friday or Saturday. And see if they're skipping and talking crazy and headed to the bar afterwards. It's not the case. That's not what's happening. 
No, no, no. They're head right to bed. Uh, by the way, Al's actually just opened a new store across the street from Al's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's called Hi-Fi Lo-Fi, and uh, they specialize in vinyl and weeb shit. Uh, so... and weeb shit? <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool store, though. Like, Is it, it gonna be... they're, they're still setting it up, but it's, it's pretty cool. Is there going to be 300-pound guys going in there to buy pillows? Uh, girlfriend no, pillows? there's going to be three. There's going to be 300 pound guys going in there to ogle the cashier. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and, and maybe buy some some records from anime and uh, video games and stuff. Who's really like a five, but she works in a video game store, so she's eye candy. I got you. I got you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, so these two are drinking an insane amount, um, but. Can we talk about? I found the editing, the way some of these scenes are shot, and they'll like we're just we're just with these two people, but we're getting like three fucking angles. It feels like as they're walking down the street, and they just go rapidly from one to the other. See, I didn't notice that so much. What what I noticed, and this is me perhaps barking up the wrong tree, was some of the framing and some of the some of the length of the mm-hmm. takes to me felt improvised to some degree. Where it's like the the framing of the characters, like the way they're the blocking was working out in on the screen felt very haphazard like it didn't like have any real clear direction or motivation behind the camera placement and like the placement of the figures in the frame and then it would just go on like several seconds or several sentences longer than i needed it to because it because there's a reason why kyle's been jumping 40 minutes deep into this fucker is because (laughs) not a fucking thing happens of consequence like It's just yada yada yada. I'm real tired today. I'm real tired today. And then Santa shows up. Like the first half of this movie is just pop culture bickering. Yeah. Uh, Emphasis on the bickering. Emphasis on the bickering. <laughs> well, you see, Kyle. Like I said, there's there's some people out there who that's exactly what they want in a partner in crime is, is somebody who they can just argue inane pop culture or shit with all day. okay so that that was another question i have i'm like man they're really really just getting into all this pop culture shit i'm like they've been at work all day together what the i know what were they talking no one's going into this goddamn store they've been doing this all day (laughs) nobody how, how they've gotten to this what have they run through to get to this at this point uh, for real, no. These are all conversations that should have been exhausted over the pa- over the course of the past eight hours. Yes, <laughs> should have been done by lunch. <laughs> but maybe this this sexual tension has just been simmering all day. Like it's just been it's just been there all day, and it's just finally boiling over. Um, okay, no one in this movie should be driving a car. These two are fucking hammer drunk. Um, well, I'm just gonna get back to to. To Lori or Tori, what the fuck is her name? Tori, Tori I think. Yeah. Uh, we'll go back to her house. Her sister's there with her uh, brother or her, her yeah brother-in-law, and this is probably the most interesting part of the movie as far as like it, like storyboarding. Like here, we're gonna have Santa going into this house, murdering everybody. Meanwhile, our breeding pair are getting down to business in the house right across the street. Um, Something didn't add up here, Trevor. Uh, then yeah. again, I was, you know, trying to. I had to kind of like skip ten seconds to uh, get past the going down on her while there's killing going on while I'm in this dealership. Um, but I, I don't want to be a stickler, but she definitely had her underwear on the whole time. 
I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's damn, it's pretty difficult to get things done <laughs> with underwear still on here. But she keeps she keeps it on. Yeah, I mean it very clearly. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> just, just saying. That, that, that that's again. This is where I'm, I have so many questions about a, a movie that it's probably just not worth the energy asking of. But like, who is this for, and and why are we doing things the way that we're doing them? Because this is on the Shutter Network. I don't imagine censorship is a concern. <laughs> no, <laughs> and we have. We have a couple of sex scenes that are no more explicit than you would find in any other movie, honestly. Like, the dialogue is more crass than anything you see on screen. Mm -hmm. Like, just, like, mention of what they're getting up to while they're banging is, like, you know, slightly more explicit than you might find in any other movie. But what you actually see is nothing special, honestly. But then it extends into the kills as well, where it's, like, so this is on the Shutter Network again. You, your audience will eat up whatever you throw at them. They they want whatever crazy horseshit you throw at them. They want Terrifier basically. Mm -hmm. um, but from like a kill standpoint and like a like explicit sex or nudity standpoint, nothing fucking special. Like mm -hmm. like the gore the gore component in particular is very disappointing. To the to the point that I'm like suspicious of like like failed special effects or something like mm. maybe they had effects planned that didn't work out or or something along those lines or maybe they just didn't have any money uh because there's there's a lot of instances where we cut away from things that you would really expect them to hold on i'm gonna guess that the person who was in charge of special effects stormed the capitol on january 6th <laughs> and they just got arrested before they started production on this and on such short notice they weren't able to lock in anybody else so that's my theory <laughs> okay that's a theory i guess we're still <laughs> <A> theory <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna come up with some more uh hopefully before the end of this but we're so, we're, we're circling the drain here pretty soon <laughs> so, uh, just to stretch things out a bit I, I guess i'll throw a couple of things at you some talking points that were brought up by the cast like uh -huh. i want to know your blair which one is better than blair which two if that's what you're gonna ask <laughs> I, that was one i was going to ask but, but first um she uh after they get to the, her her place uh, which is shared with her sister as well um she has a rant about uh haircutting actually i think this happened at the bar but um she mentions haircutting uh among bands and she points to that as being a sign of decline where metallica their, yes yes yeah. she mentions metallica and Soundgarden. would you would you would you agree with this that they lost some of their luster after the haircut well i'm gonna uh, i can speak to the metallica uh yes absolutely i don't think it was it's just one of those things i don't think the haircut is what brought on the decline they were just you know they were just two things that happened at the same time. Because, yes, when they cut their hair, Fuel and Refuel are terrible albums. Honestly, anything outside the first four Metallica albums isn't that great. So, write that down. Just just remember that if you're going to listen to Metallica. First four albums, okay. that's all you need. Soundgarden, I don't know. I never listened to Soundgarden. I only know Black Hole Sun. Um, Chris Cornell was an amazing vocalist. He's incredible. Um but I just, it wasn't my style of music. And again, 
this is a conversation that should have been happening in the 90s or even the aughts, not 2022. Keep going. It, I'm sorry. It does feel strange, but yeah, I, I have I have a whole host of these. So um, keep going. Uh, by the way, there is mention of there's a lot of name dropping of other horror media in this, which is mm-hmm. not not always a good idea when nope. your when your movie doesn't measure up to these other movies. Like, mm-hmm. don't mention the OG Black Christmas because that is a very good film. Pretty like, that's great. just a good movie. Like, yep. not just a good horror or slasher. That's just a really good movie. <laughs> Both Kyle and I were very taken off guard by how good that was. Yeah. Uh, we reviewed it a long time ago. But um, Blumhouse, the studio, is also mentioned. Um, not sure you want to do that. Blumhouse is doing just fine. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the big argument about uh, horror franchises, Pet Cemetery. Oh, uh, she, she asserts that Pet Cemetery 2 is the superior of of the original two she doesn't mention the remake which is fine uh i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna quote john c mcginley from scrubs oh my god i don't care <laughs> i haven't seen either one of those so i'm I, you might have an opinion on that i i don't know what's the consensus or what's the pop culture take on that because she's absolutely wrong about blair witch obviously well i'm gonna circle back to that because okay. this, this all happens in one big block and I'm curious, like, if if Why? she's I don't I don't know that she's, I mean maybe she is like serving as the director proxy or something on some of these opinions. I'm I'm very curious, like, or maybe this is them like targeting Reddit or something and trying to get people talking shit about their movie online because this this stuff right here uh, for horror fans or or Kyles of the world, um, this is enough to get you to pull what little hair you have out. Trevor, um, if I if I if I write if I write a movie someday, if I write and direct a movie someday, there will be a scene where a guy has a gun to another guy's head and says, "Say another thing bad about Ari Aster. Say it. Say it one more fucking time." Because I will not. Yeah, I will not stand for it. Like that, the director put that in there. No, he's yeah. yeah. It's, it's like he's very insistent. That stays. <laughs> he, he gave us he gave us all hereditary on blu-ray when he got here the first day everybody was all watching it. we're not even doing a horror movie he just made us watch it I'm sorry. <laughs> okay so uh nightmare on elm street uh you you're not a fan of that correct i've only seen the first i like the first one i haven't seen any of the other ones general consensus is one is the classic you yeah. know the west craven classic uh and then he departed the franchise and a lot of a lot of people really like three uh, the dream warriors mm-hmm. I've heard that. Um, New Nightmare, I really like, but that's only that's I'm entirely biased on that point though because it's divisive. But it's also the first uh, Nightmare film I saw. She says Nightmare on Elm Street six, which is generally regarded as a pile of shit. <laughs> I, I, is that the one with Roseanne? Uh, is that with Tom? Yeah, Roseanne? And, and Tom Arnold. Yeah, I actually have seen. I did watch that one. I was a little drunk when I watched it, but I did watch that one just because that's I the right way stupid. to watch that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's what when Steph tries to get me to watch like these stupid Christmas movies, I'm like, hang on, I'm gonna need my spiked eggnog for that. I can't just be going to these sober. Yeah, it's generally not regarded as just a not very good movie, but but big caveat: it's directed by Rachel Talalay, who, as far as I know, is like tied tied in with John Waters. Um, hmm. And like her sensibilities ah, and, okay. and the general vibe of the movie, I could see working for some people. Um, but in general, it, it doesn't have the best reputation. 
Uh, this one's going to blow your fucking mind, Kyle. This is, okay. again, let's, let's get you to tear your fucking hair out. Jason Goes to Hell. Oh. That's one of the worst movies I've seen. Not even like a Jason movie. Like, that's one of the worst things that I've put my eyes on. Yeah, so folks, we, we uh, Kyle is not a fan of the Friday the 13th franchise, but we did review Jason Goes to Hell not that long ago, and yeah, Kyle hated it. <laughs> it was infuriating. I did watch uh, Friday the 13th Part 4, I think. Yeah. Uh, he kills some campers, or he kills some people at the lake. I think that's what happened in it. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds that sounds like something that would only happen in that one. Okay, I think I think then I watched it. Yeah, but I definitely, that, that's definitely four. Yeah, it was either four. It was either four or six. Whichever you recommended those two, I watched one of those two. But I liked which whichever one I watched. I liked. Was Corey Feldman there? I don't remember. You think I'd remember? I don't remember. <laughs> you would think you would remember Corey Feldman. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, both of those are good. Jason goes to hell. He was there. Much. I'm sorry. Corey Feldman was there. He was a little kid. Okay. Okay. Then that was four. Okay. Sorry. Um, oh, wait. He's in the prologue of six. <laughs> or no, wait. He's in the prologue of five. <laughs> oh, no. I've gone cross-eyed. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Hellraiser, Hell on Earth, which is Hellraiser 3, I believe. That's the I, one the CD head. I watched the first. I think I've watched the first two. Of those, yeah. I haven't watched anything past that. I still want to see. I still want to see that new one on Hulu. I haven't gotten around to it. Oh yeah, I forgot that's on Hulu. Um, third one is the last one to screen in theaters, I believe, and it also marks the decline of the franchise. Child's gotcha. Play Two, I will agree with that. Okay. So a lot of people prefer the first one. A lot of people really love that franchise. A lot of it comes down to. Uh, one single person i forget his name but uh there's there's been like one guy shepherding that franchise since day one essentially um Brad up until... no 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 uh oh you mean director like is like don mancini or mancini or something uh i forget his name but he's he's like a i think a writer producer mm. um and he's he's tied in with the franchise he's been associated with pretty much everything they've done except maybe the remake with mark hamill uh, this one, uh, Kyle, you might actually uh, enjoy. Uh, Alien Covenant. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Covenant has grown on both Kyle and I. Probably Kyle a little more so than myself, but I don't hate it anymore. I used yeah. to. Uh, Blair Witch 2 we already talked about. But yeah, I'm curious if this shit, like her, her like asserting that these movies in particular are her favorites. I'm curious if this is some like conspiracy shit where... They're just trying to stir up the redditors or something to just to talk about the movie, because these are deliberately inflammatory choices. Mm-hmm. Like these are these are largely no one's favorites. These are very these are very obscure picks. Um, so I was very curious about that. Um, well, I think they're trolling us with the Blair Witch too, <clears throat> because that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard anybody say. Uh, well, yeah, and he I think he gets tired of the game too because that's right around the time that they hop into bed together. I was like, okay, we're we're getting we're you're starting to actually piss me off a little bit. (laughs) This conversation has to end. Let's get naked. Kind of. We worked. (laughs) We worked with a girl who's about six or seven years younger. She's in her early twenties, and she was talking about how this newer movie was like the best. The it was the best. uh, It was like the newest Jurassic Park. Was like it's the best one, and we're like, what? I'm like, have you seen the first one? She's like, yeah, it's not that good. Like it just it looks bad, and we're just like. My buddy and I, we just 
we're not even going to continue this conversation. We're like, we're done. <laughs> you're either you're either messing with us or you're the dumbest person I've ever met. Uh, one or the other. Either way, I'm done. <laughs> I mean, really, that's not a conversation you can have at that point. It's like, we have different grasps on reality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just said something dumb. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, she thinks she's people. Oh. <laughs> How cute. <laughs> Do you have an alien controlling your mind right now? <laughs> Uh, so where do we go from there, Kyle? Because that, that completely derailed us. It's pretty... I mean, the only other thing I really want to get to is the, the 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 fourth act, is what I called it, where we get the Sarah Connor being chased by the T-800 uh, skeleton, uh, endoskeleton. Okay. okay, well, let me, let me get us there, just because there's okay. a lot of killing and action that happens, but nothing... Can you put those in quotations, please? The killing and action? You did not put air quotes on that. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll say that again. Killing and action. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, that's the thing about this movie, is, like, after... After they get naked, or kind of naked, uh, halfway naked, uh, for a few minutes... The movie just kind of turns into just a roller coaster of uh, it becomes a chase movie essentially with a very slow moving killer. With, you know, you know that's yeah. typical of like a slasher movie or something. Anyway, they finally get intimate. Uh, they start to actually kind of like each other for real instead of you know constantly just like flicking each other's nuts verbally. Um, and we're cross cutting back and forth between them in bed together and Santa killing their, her next door neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kills dad by throwing an ax in his back. And then he steps on his head on the staircase, which is where the aforementioned spongy rubber head comes into play. Um, mom gets the other end of the ax put into her eye socket, which I liked. That was fine. Yeah, Kyle liked it. I didn't like the look of the head. It just, they held on it too long, and it wasn't, it, she needed, like, some, like, spritz. Like, pss, pss, just mm-hmm. a, wet wet that puppet up just a little bit, because uh, <laughs> it looked hokey. And I could almost hear the servos whirring when her mouth was hanging open. Decent head, decent sculpt, just not shot properly. Um, and then they, uh, they do some child killing. Uh, Santa eventually... For whatever the fuck reason, it takes him forever to kill this kid. He's the, he's the only person he hesitates to kill. Like, he doesn't, like, have a <laughs> crisis of conscience or anything. He just, for whatever reason, goes, uh, and then doesn't kill him for a few minutes. Yeah, no, he lets this dumb kid, uh, this dumb kid sees Santa. He's like, oh, you brought my presents. And he goes right past all the blood that's splattered all over the couch. And he opens up these presents, and yeah, Santa's just like standing over him. It's just like, do do. Are you gonna kill this kid or what? It's taking forever. It's like I'm actually waiting for Tori to come downstairs and look out the window real quick. Just, just wait, just wait. It'll, it'll be great. See, it's a, it's such a small detail, but that's like one of those things I would find a way to add logic to why there's that gap. Like, like maybe his axe is like caught in something, and he's like mm-hmm. fixated on pulling it out. And, like, the kid's trying to talk to him, and, like, Santa's just ignoring him. <laughs> it's like, hang on, I'll murder you momentarily. I'll, I'll, I'll just help you, mom- I'll murder you momentarily. <laughs> Hold don't still, move. don't move. <laughs> Actually, can you come here? Can you come here real quick? <laughs> yeah, just run into my fist. <laughs> I just don't want you, I don't want you to go anywhere. Just let me hold on to you. 
Yes. Actually, that would be a fun visual, like Santa walking out of a house, like holding a kid up by his pants, like okay. super, super wedgy or something. I gotta, I gotta jump back to this sex scene. So, like I said before, she never takes off her, her doesn't take off her top. That's fine. She doesn't take off her underwear. It's kind of difficult to do stuff. This dude, yep. I swear to God, he's pulled his boner through his jeans, and his boots are still on when they're doing stuff. And I'm pretty sure he finishes with his pants still on. Um, oh, that but, just sounds awful. But these two, they I, I did want to mention, they do a pretty good job of getting progressively drunker. Like, they're getting, she's definitely getting more and more belligerent and wobbly as they're going along. They are fucking smashed. Like, they're, they're pretty smashed by the time they get back there. Then they hook up, and then they get up and do stuff afterwards. Like, <laughs> she gets up, like, they had nachos being made. The way they're making these nachos, I'm like... These two are done. Like after, like I'm surprised they made it to the bed. But they should both just be like out, <laughs> like lights. Like the night's done. But she goes down to smoke some more weed, get some more liquor, and is totally fine. I'm like, I'm not buying this. You're done. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> You've had so much to drink. Yeah, no puke. Also, like like we get like a dry heave at one point, but no puke. I'm really surprised at that. Yeah, like you, you set yourself beautiful. You set yourself up beautifully for a good puke scenario. But big I fan do- of puke on film. <laughs> I do like I do like how when Santa finally dispatches this kid, but she just happens to look out the window at the exact moment, and we the viewers see what she sees. I don't know what it, I don't actually know what's happening, and she's just like I think I think Santa just killed that kid over there. I'm like, oh, how the fuck yeah. did you even know that? Yeah, see that again. That shit's so irritating. Where it's like I, you shouldn't have to be worrying about shit like this on your direct to shutter streaming <laughs> film. <to> No, really. Like, yeah, yeah, like your yeah. your audience is all about child death in film. Like if anybody is going to be tolerant of this, like I don't think there's an audience out there. I don't think there's a streaming service for kick the dog cinema, but child death cinema? No, sure. No. People on Shutter will gobble that up. Nobody with a Shutter subscription at this point would be like, "Oh, no, they killed they killed a kid." I I oh, they not killed a kid. Finish. Gonna have to cancel that subscription. They killed a kid. These are people that are eating leftover Chinese food and watching Cannibal Holocaust. Okay, these are dead people. These are <laughs> these people are terrible people. Okay, <laughs> you can put anything you want in here. No, these are manwich nachos people. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I made these nachos in the microwave. Oh, you piece of shit. Oh. <laughs> No, these are people who would take the nachos that she burned and, and proceed put... with eating them. <laughs> That's still good to me. Yeah, just take some of that wet salsa and it'll, you know, dry it. It'll, like, it'll even out, you know? You know the most unsettling item of food I've ever seen eaten is, remember that movie Gamer with Gerard Butler, the video game yes. movie? And there's that morbidly obese guy who is dunking frozen waffles that have been heated up into a cup of syrup. It, it's one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen on screen. <laughs> uh, have you seen Gummo, Kyle? No. Is that the... No, that's not the that's not. You've the probably one. seen the image of the kid in the bathtub with the spaghetti? With the sketty? No, I haven't seen that, but I'm, I'm, I know the name. The movie sounds familiar. It's Harmony Kareen. I know you don't care much nah. for his, his brand, but nah, yeah, the, there's a very memorable spaghetti eating sequence in that. Is it very unsettling? 
it's awful to look at. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly awful to look at. Watching people eat way. watching people eat spaghetti is never sexy. It's not a sexy food to be eating. Well, I mean, this this could just be a me thing, but in general, I'm not a big fan of watching people eat. Yeah, <laughs> that's just not a thing that does anything for me. Prude. Um, but yeah, this um. this kid, I I couldn't tell you what happens to him either. He gets flung. Which is kind of funny, because we do get to see a dummy get airborne, which is always a great thing. I'm a big fan of that. But, like, in regards to, like, what actually happens to him, couldn't tell you. We cut away from it so fast. And that's not the only time that happens in this movie. Is this movie worse than Boondock Saints 2? Oof. Uh, it's less offensive. Okay, (laughs) yeah, okay, very true, very true. It's quite a lot less offensive, so... I, but, you know, I might have to give the nod to Boondocks. I've never really considered that as being the metric, but I'm like, honestly, you could kind of rank bad movies between Boondocks Saints 1 and Boondocks Saints 2, and <laughs> if it's outside of those two, it's pretty bad, <laughs> because that's the, for two tiers, yeah. Um, that, that's a good, that's a decent minimum standard, right? yeah. it's like, if, if we're below Boondocks 2, that's bad. If, that's, that, you probably shouldn't bring that into your home. <laughs> it's like think about it, man you got a family let's <laughs> uh, you want to talk about so basically everybody but her dies in these two houses her sister gets it her brother-in-law gets it i think we get another dummy being thrown um but she gets stopped by the cops leaving like she ends up taking a cop car and she like hey like hey something bad's happening out here you guys should come get me and then they catch they find her with the car and then they like take her in immediately and there's this very very testy upset cop by the way cops with long hair it doesn't happen there's no cops with long hair there's only cops with long hair in movies there's no cops with long hair but these two guys are the least cop looking people i've seen yeah he he has a particular look about him he looks like one of the fellows from kane and lynch or something he looks like he should be robbing a bank rather than protecting a bank (laughs) her next door neighbor looks like a roadie this guy looks like a gross ass roadie basically they all look like roadies and the sheriff is literally from Rob Zombie's catalog of actors. Yeah. <laughs> a roadie. Yeah. yeah a, ro- <laughs> a roadie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> AKA his roadies who have now become actors. You guys uh, want to be in a movie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean we get a we get a substantial kind of uh, body count here where this is where her dude uh, unexpectedly gets an axe to the face. Um, I I stand by that. I thought that looked pretty cool. I thought that had some impact to it. Not particularly bloody, but you do get to see an axe lodged into like a person's sinus cavity or something, which is an unusual place to put a blade. Which, in my book, counts towards like memor like memorableness or memorability. I didn't catch it, but then again, I I literally just watched Thirty Days of Night like of like a few days ago. So beheading like people getting an axe to uh, the neck head area, the cat the the it's got a pretty high standard right now. Yeah, yeah, that that is much better than anything in this movie. Um, but yeah, uh, her sister gets killed, and she uh, has a dry heave over that. Like she gets freaked <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the sister's husband dies as well. Neither death. He dies off screen entirely, Kyle. Dude. En- that's Entirely. That's not even the most frustrating kill that happened. It isn't. It is not, but that shocked me. Was I was like, are you serious? You're, you're just going to cut away from that. You're going to have him say no and then cut away to the exterior 
and then never cut back? It's like, you, is that how we're doing this? You brought us axe fodder. Like, let this axe eat. These two well, people, and, we don't care about them. And she, she shit-talked him earlier. Like, yeah. like he, she had very little good to say about him. Generally, the rule of thumb is if someone's an asshole in a movie, they get it worse than the other people. Yeah. Kill him. Let us but see no. it. Yeah. He says, no! And then we never see him again. Yeah, I'm never going to forgive this film for not, like, just, you, you just had to do one thing, and one thing only, and that was give us the kills, and you don't even give us that. Yeah, uh, and uh, a cop shows up with a the longest barreled shotgun I've seen in, in a film, probably, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, like, knocks the robo-Santa down with the shotgun, and then uh, there's this semi-suspenseful sequence where the Santa gets to do a, a, a Michael Myers-style sit-up uh, in clear view of the camera but nobody's aware of it and uh he attacks the cop again who shoots him again and then he stands over the robot santa and then some some shenanigans happen the santa gets the shotgun and he kills the cop with his own gun and then yeah she runs over the santa a couple times and uh we start to see like his innards exposed he has some like bright colored neon lights coming out of his face and portions and then, yeah, as Kyle had said, uh, she gets uh, pulled over by some other cops in an ambulance and brought back to the station, and uh, it turns into the Terminator, basically, yeah. where uh, the Terminator, a.k.a. the Santa, rolls up in an ambulance, and I actually like that sequence when he rolls up, mm-hmm. where just, like, they're all, they're, like, arming up because the radio is pointing to, like, there was a problem at, yeah. at the house. Like, I actually like that. Like, the suspense there was kind of cool, where, like... They both do that solemn thing where like nobody's talking. They're just kind of like acting and like loading up weapons and stuff. And she's, by the way, she, like her uh, ability to just like hyperventilate and and go motor mouth on everybody. This actress, she did what was asked of her, but good God, just zip it. Yeah, you did great, but shush. Seriously, like just her 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 words per minute, admirable. Yeah, truly, but just. Lady, you you gotta shut up. It's <laughs> like, like in the words of in the words of Cosmo Kramer, you, you gotta shut up. <laughs> so there's this cop who is again a roadie, uh, and he is really pissed off about this whole situation. And Sheriff DP, uh, he's he's being very understanding, but and as he's the one that's basically like yeah they're the ambulance the other cop aren't saying anything so we've brought, we've got an issue but then the ambulance comes up and then how does sheriff jeff die like i rewound i did he i think he just disappeared i even he see gets it. the funny he gets the funniest death in the movie this it actually i actually did elicit laughter at this um, i didn't even so see it. So because nobody's terribly bright in this movie um both of the cops so the sheriff and the irritable deputy uh they go they step outside the station because the ambulance just like roared around the corner and and barreled into a vehicle that caused an explosion so they both go to inspect the ambulance and uh they circle around back and then we just get this shot facing the ambulance and from the back of it a dummy gets flung over the back of the ambulance onto the hood of a car so we don't we don't know how he died, but we do know that he was flung about fifteen feet in the air, and his body fell down on top of a car. So that was him. Okay, all yeah. right. Um, yeah. So the most frustrating death 
Because I actually like perked up when it was about. This to is the most frustrating death in the movie. Oh, this guy, this Santa ends up like getting hand to hand with this other cop dude, and he ends up getting his shotgun. He's like, no, 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 as he's putting it towards his head, and he pulls the trigger, and his head doesn't fly off. It doesn't even move. We they be like immediately cut to a different angle where she sees it happening, and it's just a dude leaning up against an ambulance, and he just kind of like slides down it, like that's it. Yeah, there's no gore evident. Uh, he dies via sound cue. Give me um, that that scene in Austin Powers where he puts the guy's head into the mutated sea bass pool and it comes up and it's just a neck. Like there's no head anymore. Something, <laughs> just something, anything. Like that was that was such a letdown because again, this is a guy who has been nothing but a jackass. Yeah. For the for the few minutes of screen time he had, he was proven to be obnoxious and aggressive towards yep. our, our main character you would expect by the spielberg book of of screenplays <laughs> if you're an asshole in a spielberg film protect your ass something bad's gonna happen <laughs> hey Ooh. carter you listen to your music too fucking loud in the lost world guess what you get stepped on by a t-rex <laughs> yes dude the explosions uh and they they took the time to set up these shots and get these explosions but the, the ambulance one dude i swear to god the explosion starts before the the two vehicles touch <laughs> like the, what this explosion goes is pretty funny um but yeah, yeah. i was like yeah. how is this an explosion it's just a collision like i don't think it was supposed to blow up <laughs> yeah there, there's not a whole lot of uh momentum to it either because like the you would expect like the ambulance to like plow through it or something but no, it like in the next shot, it's just completely stationary and like it's exact. It's like in, it's like nestled up against the car. It's like the pyrotechnics in this. While they do get a couple of good fireballs, they they lack like oomph. They lack punch. Uh, there's a kineticism that's like missing or something. I can't exactly put my finger on it. But yeah, I don't know what happened here. I feel like I know for a fact in like some of those like older horror movies like the ones that actually know a lot about the making of them i know for a fact like some nightmare on elm street kills the effects betrayed them like they actually tried to do things that failed and so they had to compromise mm. maybe that happened here uh or, or maybe they didn't have any money i don't know but if this was the choice to cut away from from a kill like this where you where you have a clear cause and effect set up where, where as he, like Kyle said, he was like bracing himself in anticipation. Yeah, he like leaned forward because he knew what was going to happen. Like, a oh, head yeah. was going to explode. Yeah. Or at least a, a gout or a fountain of something was going to come out of the top of this guy's head. A watermelon was going to be smashed. Something. <laughs> it's like you need to understand people with shutter subscriptions probably favor Punisher Warzone over all the other Punisher films. <laughs> yes, yes, Trevor, I can guarantee you that. Uh, so you need that. That should be your standard for gore. That's not even a horror film. No, but if, if you're trying to do a gory film, maybe do better than that one, the I comic mean, book movie. We get a meth addict who gets exploded by an RPG in that movie. Just mwah, that you. That's great stuff. It should be on Shutter, honestly. Um, so now we got to get to Terminator because basically this is the 
so Santa, okay, so the other reference that we get here is, I think the stun gun, so this stun gun, I don't remember her having this throughout the film. I don't know if it was just on a desk and she grabbed it, but she ends up using a stun gun on this Santa, and I'm thinking, is that a little little nod to Batman Returns? I don't know. Mm, you don't think so? Not, not good enough? No. Okay. If she had said a line from that movie or something, like, give me a kiss, well, Santa Claus or something, like, maybe, but mm, we're wearing it's just our- a stun gun. There's a lot of pop culture references, so I'm just like, I feel like they've seen Batman Returns. I thought maybe it was there, but anyway. <laughs> Dude, this fucking... Okay, so he gets electrocuted, and now we're down to... I don't even know what this is. It's it's the robot endoskeleton, but I never could get a look at it. <laughs> you never really see it, or what it is, but it is wonky. Like, it's pretty goofy looking it, it's somebody with a robot on a stick and just like walking it well if we're being 100 percent honest kyle that's what the endoskeleton in the first terminator was also yeah you get some you get some stop motion in there as well but yeah you get a couple of shots of stop motion when they need to show it head to toe but for the most part it's it's a torso on a pole but but this the way this is shot it looks like somebody's (laughs) literally just shaking like okay just keep shaking it it doesn't help that they have like roman candles jammed up its ass for a few shots But I mean that was the pyrotechnics I'm, budget. I'm not. At this point, I, I guess I'm not teasing. I'm not. I'm not like trying to knock the technology itself. I'm knocking. This is what you did with that. It's like yeah, you got to put it on a stick, but it, it's it's just well, kind of shaking. I, yeah, that's fair. Um, execution is everything, and yeah, from a puppeteering standpoint, not the best I've seen. It doesn't have any character to it. Like it doesn't have a soul. You know, and I guess that doesn't matter as much being as it's a fucking robot. But yeah. um, there's a, a nifty little uh, ambulance sequence where she drives off from the station and the Santa grabs hold of the back. And uh, she crashes the ambulance and it goes flying through the windshield. A lot of windshield destru- destruction in this film, by the way. Um, and then there's this bizarre beat that takes several minutes. Again, there's so much of this movie that could be trimmed, but mm-hmm. there's just a lot of s- sequences that are overlong, a lot of indulgent shots here and there. Potentially because, like, I have to, I have to assume maybe like some of it's just because the director liked the music or something and wanted to cut to it, like cut to the timing of the music or something. Kyle has his hand up. What's up? Okay, so we have. One one other thing that Tori does a lot is smoke weed at the wrong time. So she smokes after she after she bangs. She smokes when she she smokes weed when we get to the, the police station. And again, that's a really long scene of her smoking weed. It takes an extra 10, 10 seconds that we need. Then ten more seconds than we need. And then she smokes more weed when she gets to the store. So was this because like it does not make any sense to smoke weed in these kinds of situations? This is not the time. Okay. You got to be sharp. (laughs) You need to be sharp. You need to not be paranoid. You need to be thinking straight. But is this a surrogate for cigarettes? Like, because if this was an 80s movie, 90s movie, this person would be smoking. It's just like, oh, God, I need to have a cigarette. But because... Go ahead. I think from a cultural standpoint, that's probably the case. Because you know that dare shit kind of worked? Even if people like to pretend it didn't, I want to say, like, 
part of it got baked in to some degree. So it's like I, cigarette bad, weed good. <laughs> I I learned about drugs from Dare. Like I didn't even know about <laughs> drugs until like what is I learned about weed in the fourth grade. And my friends like, oh, you know what weed is? No, the Dare program is going to tell you all about it. Cocaine, <laughs> all that shit. I didn't know anything about drugs. They're like, no, we're going to tell you about it, guys. Don't do it. It's great. Yeah. yeah, I I never even got it to be honest. Like I never got the Dare program. <laughs> And look how well you turned out. Oh, <laughs> one of go. us, one of us has done drugs; the other one hasn't. <laughs> but I, I want to say that, yeah, this could, again, again, I really don't know who the target audience is for this, but I have to assume that maybe that's to ingratiate the characters to the viewer to some degree. Um, their aesthetics and their taste in music—I'm, I'm sure there's something to that as well. But um, this long drawn-out sequence, she pushes a car over on top of the Santa's arm and then tears off one of her sleeves and sets fire to it in the gas tank of the car that she just dropped on the Santa and then explodes him. And then she goes into her own store where she just happened to end up. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes back. She has to break into her own store, which is kind of funny because I think the dude had the keys. Um, and yeah, she, she decides to start smoking and then, the Santa gets up again, it like tears off its own arm to get to her. And now it's in like full on endoskeleton Santa mode. Um, and it comes into her store and we basically get the, the final act of the movie where this is Sarah Connor versus the Terminator, uh, versus the T 800. Um, and it's staged in her record store. Um, and I'm trying to recall exactly what happens here. So she stabs uh, him with a sword. Yeah, she stabs him with a He-Man sword. Also, By the way, there's there's very little like choreography or anything. Just she just kind of does things to it, and then it does occasionally does things back. But uh, what did you think of its laser eyes? Oh God, I forgot about the laser eyes. It's kind of annoying. Uh, yeah, just, actually, <laughs> just just give it green eyes because it's laser pointer eyes. It's not laser eyes. It's just like it's literally there's two lines of green light coming out of his eyes everywhere he looks. Well, and it didn't help that, like, the one is kind of... He's got a little bit of a wally eye. <laughs> the Santa has a little bit of a wandering eye. Um, so they're not properly lined up all the time. And also, what I found annoying was every time the lasers go into the lens, you, you're blinded. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, your, your vision is obscured, and all you see is just green. Um, so it's very obnoxious to look at every once in a while. But it's stalking her through the store. She stabs it with her He-Man sword. We get like five minutes of her thinking it's dead again, oh, and, yeah. and that pulls the sword out of itself. Uh, she triggers the sprinklers with some fire, uh, and it whacks her in the ankle while she's doing so. So now she's wounded and has to crawl instead of walk. Uh, it whacks most of her fingers off, uh, which was kind of cool. It's probably one of the better makeup effect shots in the whole movie. Um, I think it's like her lower three, if not all four of them. Yeah, because um, she's a person that needs to... She needs one of her middle fingers removed, because I feel like she does that a lot. <laughs> she has a very muscular middle finger. <laughs> thing is girthy, yeah. <laughs> um, but then we get a, a reenactment of the finale of Terminator, where they're both hobbled, they're both crawling. Um, and it's crawling after her as the sprinklers are flooding the room. And then she, she, does a, she pulls a saffron burrows from deep blue sea wow. uh, <laughs> where she pulls a power conduit off the wall and uh, jams it into the santa claus it's like 
I don't know if you would survive that, lady. <laughs> like, like it's a very wet room, and that's a lot of electricity. But anyway, she rolls over a counter or something, and the Santa finally explodes, and we end with her running out of the store and collapsing on the street, looking like I don't know, ecstatic that she survived, and then freeze frame on her face, and that's the movie. Yeah, I'm gonna go watch Green Room. Uh, this movie sucks. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go cleanse the palate here pretty soon. Um, yeah, I'm sorry that you had to watch this. Uh, see, the, the ones that you pick that are flops are usually just flops for me. It's just like I didn't really care for it, but I could understand how you or somebody else would. This, I end up picking these types of movies where it's like, no one should like these. <laughs> no one <laughs> likes this movie because it's bad. Um, yeah. Well, well, Kyle, it's it's the holiday season. Let's Let's wrap things up by saying something nice. Because I do have nice things to say about it. It's just I haven't found the opportunity to say them. <laughs> so mm. d- search your feelings, Kyle. There has to be something you can say that you... I thought uh, the commercials in the the top of the movie were fun. That was funny. Okay, well, let me let me try to pull you towards something that's worth mentioning. Okay. So, so I'm curious, and I'm surprised we haven't talked about this yet. I'm curious what you what you thought of the look of the film because oh. a lot a lot of attention and time and effort and probably money was put towards achieving the look of this film the film looks great uh i think that there was yeah that's why it's so disappointing that's why i think i'm so butthurt about it i'm so upset is because the movie looks great you could have really had some nasty practical effects like some real good gore in this and you just didn't give it to us but yeah it does actually look good um and i will say that our breeding pair everybody like the performances are pretty good jeff dp is as good as jeff dp can be in a role like this but yeah i think that it's pretty well acted as well there's not much time for anybody to fuck it up um but yeah i'll 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 agree that it, it does look it does look great Okay, I'm glad you could at least say that about it because I, I don't. I again, like I, I kind of touched on this earlier about the the music and stuff. Um, I don't know what it is about this this particular brand of like ultra stylized neon lighting that I, it's very similar to my my relationship with that the synthwave shit that's everywhere these days, where it's like it's objectively compelling and interesting to look at mm-hmm. i don't i don't know i don't know if that's good though i, j- I just know that like it's a, it's an easy cheap shortcut to getting a positive assessment i guess well i think trevor now that we are we're we're not getting blu-rays and dvds like we're not renting physical media people aren't buying physical media as much we're just streaming everything Really, a stylized trailer that can get people to pay four ninety nine to rent it. It's like we just need the trailer to look good. Like, just make it look good. Look like there's a good movie here. And that's all we need. I guess it, it. It's more just an aesthetic sensibility, I guess. Where it's like, I, on the one, like one thing that can be said about it is that because it's ultra stylized, and because it's so gaudy, it it's a clear demonstration of care and effort. Which is nice because I I have watched some direct to video dreck that is shot completely flat, like like there's no attention to detail in the lighting or shot composition or anything. This 
very clearly had a DP, very clearly had a production designer, and they put in their time and effort to try to make things look intentionally a certain way. So it's a very clear demonstration of effort and care that it, I don't think you can knock the film for. But uh, from a production design standpoint, I really have to compliment some of the set decorators. Um, mm-hmm. Excellent Christmas decorations everywhere with the, the ultra-bright neon lighting, uh, purple, red, green, everywhere. Everywhere. It um, feels like a real place. Like, this this all feels real. Kind of. It, it, it's, like, super stylized to the point of looking almost like the the the, ne- the neon gangster uh, alley from Batman Forever. Um, I was half expecting Don the Dragon Wilson to show up and ask me, Who the hell, the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's like that. It, it's, like, ultra-stylized. It's very Schumacher-esque. Um, but done to, to very nice effect. Like, the Christmas... Tying in the Christmas decoration to the lighting schemes was a very clever idea that probably, you know, made a lot of sense from a logistical standpoint. Uh, I like the shots of them walking down the street where you could see all the businesses were decorated. Mm-hmm. Um, they designed, like, yeah, they decorate everything in the shot. That was really neat. Yeah, I, I was just say that's what made that's what I meant. Why this felt like a real place? Like it looks really good just when they're like walking down the sidewalk uh, as yeah. well. Yeah, just... yeah, and and the design of the Santa is nothing to write home about. But I really did like the set decorations. Um, I'm curious, like, what kind of technology they're working with for some of the cameras and whatnot, because I did detect a lot of ratty looking grain mm-hmm. um, during some of the low light shots. Uh, I have to imagine maybe that was a clash of technology and and like aesthetic concept, where it's like we want to achieve this look, but maybe. It just wasn't possible, so we just had to walk away with what we got. Um, but yeah, it, it, very well considered uh, from a production design standpoint and a, like a cinematography and a lighting standpoint. But goddamn, it is a shame uh, this didn't have the the right energy. I guess it has an like, energy, but yeah, it doesn't have the right one. It does, yeah, just something about it just doesn't speak to me on any level, and it feels very like vacant and mm-hmm. just kind of empty honestly and it could have been saved by just like a handful of like really like yes kind of like yeah. kills here and there but we really didn't get any of those and the characters i'm sure uh there's certain circles of the horror community that absolutely adore these characters and and probably relate to them on levels that you and i do not yeah, um, yeah. but but unfortunately you know you come into a movie with whatever whatever luggage you bring in and and none of mine syncs up with theirs so so it didn't exactly the character stuff didn't really do much for me it just kind of made me uh have when are we going to get to the fireworks factory vibes <laughs> uh yeah so folks out there if you want to watch a better movie watch haunt from 2019 uh just just do that i think i've mentioned that last time like uh, i mentioned that when we did our horror movies in uh, october go out and watch haunt yeah, uh, Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast. He also spoke highly of that one. Funny enough, I just watched a video review of that today. Um, you, so you, on, it, it, it was on my mind. <laughs> you haven't even watched it yet, and you watched a review of it. I I probably won't get to it. Like, <sighs> I, I I have to accept I won't see every movie out there. So you know, it was just one that I was like, eh, I probably won't end up finding the time to watch this one anyway. Well, I'll put that on the I'll put that on I'll put that on the list of things we got to cover. 
Oh, well, I'd watch it. I'd, I I've heard mostly good things, so I would totally watch it. I do want to watch. I do want to eventually do like a Shutter Month because I do want to watch. Oh, Terrifier's not on Shutter, is it? It's on its own streaming thing. Scream Box. Scream Box. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, from uh, Fangoria. Okay, I still want to get to that. I still want to see that Terrifier too. So do I. Uh, although, do yourself a favor and don't look at the runtime. <laughs> oh, I already know. Yeah. That's fine. I, I I don't know how anybody thought that was a good idea, um, but it is what it is, and apparently yeah, it works for a lot of people. But yeah, uh, I think we said more than enough about Christmas, Bloody Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was our review. Uh, it was directed by Joe Begos. Uh, clearly, neither Kyle nor I cared much for it, um, but I'm really glad that we took a minute to just say the things that actually are pretty decent about it because it mm-hmm. it has it does have strengths. They're just not enough i guess mm. they're, they're just the wrong strengths for this kind of movie yeah um but that being said uh, if you'd like to catch up on any of our other catching up on cinema content uh, you can find all of that collected on our website at catching up on cinema.com uh, you can also find us on the social medias in the form of the instagram at catching up on cinema as well as the twitter at catching cinema so feel free to hit me up at either of those uh, and the podcast is available on pretty much every platform you can imagine including bitcade so fucking google it google it and that being said thanks so much for listening and we will catch you next time